What's the Dips podcast? Well, it's been so long, hasn't it, guys? But it feels like feels like that. Ages. Feels like it just happened in a flash, right? Didn't you miss us? We missed you. Oh my God, we're back! Woo! Woo! Energy, energy, energy. <laughs> um, so, guys, uh, let's let's get to it. First up, we have yo, it's your boy Kevin, aka Atticus Warhol, aka Lab the Rat, aka back with a new and fresh vibe. There we go, world traveler. Savvy sub, cash money, sub the savage. Oh, what up? You already know who it is. It's your boy Q. And oh, geez, we got we got our special guest. um, You know, on this week's pod, please introduce us to who you are. Yes, what's up, everybody? Uh, My name's Avery. You can call me Avery. (laughs) Call him Avery. Wow, so grateful to have you here, Avery. You you know, it's been rocking the headlines recently. I guess if you're on the internet, who's on the internet? (laughs) All of us. Um, (laughs) Apparently. Kanye's been uncancelled. What do you guys hear about this? What you, what you guys, how do you feel about this? What do you think about whoa, this? How do you feel whoa, about this? Whoa, 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 uh, whoa. Apparently within the last week, when was this post made? Because it's pretty funny. This was a little bit earlier in the week. Kanye had a post on his Twitter and <laughs> literally the image is just like the 21 Jump Street. Like <laughs> the cover art for the film and this is what Kanye had to say. Watching Jonah Hill and 21 Jump Street made me like Jewish people again. (laughs) No one should ever take anger against one or two individuals and transform that hatred into millions of innocent people. No Christian can be labeled anti-Semite knowing Jesus is Jew. Thanks. Thank you, Jonah Hill. I love you. Wow. What do you guys think of that apology? The <laughs> comments that... section was funny. People were like, all right, I guess he's like, he's back. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's like, I'm going to show this to my kids. Yeah, you know, it's just... just crazy. Exactly it... one week ago on Sunday. The weirdest <laughs> timeline Sunday. ever. And then it's just like, everyone's just like, okay. Like, like <laughs> I don't know, it's just, it's interesting. Like, is is he forgiven? They've just been, people have just been waiting for an opportunity to forgive Kanye. Do you forgive Kanye, Avery? Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you had- uh, <laughs> Immediately, <laughs> immediately. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like if you had watched that, like, new Jonah Hill movie, where it's like a Jewish family uh, marrying a black family, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And he, you know, was, you that would have been a little bit more applicable to the current situation. <laughs> and, movie from like 20, almost yeah. yeah 10 years ago right. but um yeah i mean you know yeah. power to him <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a bold individual so yeah. it makes sense given his you know his claims i feel like it's very on brand you know watches one movie he's good yeah <laughs> Track record, he's like you know what i love just people now yeah i i don't know it's too too uh it's a little odd. Yeah. Man, well, right? does, does that mean like if he would have watched Super Bad and then all of a sudden he's like, I like dick shaped foods now? Like, you know, just like, <laughs> I was like, it's brought me back full circle. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a very like low hanging apology, but yeah. on brand for him. On brand completely. Yeah. I think, but, yeah. No, I was just going to say, it's funny you say the dick shaped foods because uh, that's like, goes back to his. And they trashed on him in South Park and oh, uh, the fish sticks. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the, the fish sticks. You he know? probably does. Probably yeah. does. Like, you know, <laughs> he's a unique guy. And mm. I think, like, <sighs> for a lot of things, like even the Will Smith slap thing, mm. I think, like, uh, the mass public is very reactionary, but doesn't, like, extremely care. Mm. I think, like, Mm. certain uh, like there are particular like, groups who 
care more than others but the mass majority of people who have a commentary to say on it aren't particularly very invested outside of like the fun of engaging in the conversation so like him even giving this type of apology is like they're like all right yeah. <laughs> like i guess i guess we can welcome him back in like they because always, yeah. people i guess weren't really feeling that passionately just kind of internet passionate about it and so yeah. i don't know it would be interesting to see if that's all it takes <laughs> <laughs> yeah right for him and everybody's just like all right cool I don't know. I, I didn't stop listening to Kanye. I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. lie. I, you know, been with Kanye my whole life. But I'm just curious if, like, I think the big marker is brands. Yeah, are brands gonna work exactly. with him? Exactly. You know, because I think when he said what he said, and he's wearing like what was wearing a White Lives Matter shirt. Yeah, something yeah, like that. It was like Max Exodus of this guy. Yeah. In terms of all collaborations, Adidas dropped him. Yeah. Like. Uh, Shows canceled. Shows canceled. Yeah. Like Chase dropped him. Chase. The bank. Yeah, the bank. Really? Like like yeah. as his personal bank yeah. or like as Yeah. He, they wouldn't take his money. Yeah, there's like a whole <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> See, you know it's bad when a bank's not gonna take your money. You're like, wait, you're gonna say something about Isn't, yeah. yeah, just just Wow, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, he got the full public shame. But I mean he definitely like shouldn't have said that stuff. I yeah. mean But the uh repercussions of it i don't know even just going through the whole saga of when this had initially you know broke the internet mm -hmm. and continuing uh what do you think this has to say and relate to mental health <laughs> mm. we were talking about that prior to um going live with the pod just about kind of the implications of this saga mm -hmm. and i guess you know it's been put out there that he's got bipolar disorder mm -hmm. and clearly the last time i saw him like talking or bugging out that hard was when he was extremely frustrated trying to break into the fashion industry and okay. he was like deep in debt that was like the yeah. sway era when he was oh. like you ain't got the answers you know and he was just like 56 million dollars he was just kind of bugging out on a lot of interviews and True. stuff but he was extremely frustrated at that time i think he's also well. coming off of what like how long's the divorce with Kim K happened, and then you know, the whole like flaming with uh, what's his Virgil? name? No, 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 not not Virgil. Um, guy from SNL, Pete, Pete Davidson. Davidson. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Pete Davidson trolling you hard yeah. with like a whole relationship with your ex-wife you and can't, your kids. Like, try to go back and forth with a comedian. They're right. all they're always gonna win. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like Kanye. I kind of like I've heard things that you know. I think he knew what he was doing, mm. like at the end of the day, Definitely. whether it's like true or not. I feel mm. like he did. He went overboard. Yeah, <laughs> but I do think he maybe did it strategically mm. in the sense that he was like all of these brand collaborations are maybe too much like pressure for me to not be able to say what I want and like be my crazy, you know, bipolar self. So let me just go full anti-jew and <laughs> now like i can do everything in-house and yeah. i don't have to rely on anybody and like my og followers are still going to support me yeah. and like the jews make up such a small like population of the world i mean we're huge in california and like mm. socal especially where we are but like globally it's not yeah it's, yeah so i think it caused a big stir because i mean 
I guess it's hard to know how much of like a stir it caused in other places because we're here in LA where there's mm. Hollywood and mm. like there is such a huge like Jewish community and impact on like the things that happen. But I feel like he knew he could get away with it in the sense mm. that like he still has money. Yeah. He's still like you can get canceled, but like your followers are your followers. Mm. And like if you have a deep following, they're going to mm. keep paying to see yeah. you and buy your shit even if it's not a collaboration and mm -hmm. yeah. he got to like a high enough level where mm -hmm. he just do whatever he wants and mm -hmm. obviously just, you can't say whatever you want because mm -hmm. the repercussions but mm -hmm. you know he does eat he, he knew he wouldn't get canceled from like society yeah he'll just get kind of canceled from pop culture for a little bit yeah then he's just gonna start dropping some fire music and then everyone be like i love kanye yeah. and then they'll just forget about the mm. whole thing yeah. the I, mean, I feel like it's like will smith too like People were mad, but then, like, if he goes and makes a movie, people yeah. are still gonna go and see it. Yeah, like he'll probably go make a movie with Chris Rock in the yeah. next like year, yeah. and like a buddy cop movie, yeah. a buddy the, cop. Reu the reunion special. So yeah. that's funny. I almost feel like these guys, like, they have so many ties with everything that's like pressure and kind of um, business deals that they're just like they implode and they almost go nuclear. So that way, people who aren't really about them kind of like stay away right and so then that way they can kind of judge who's really in you know their court right because if you if you jump ship then it's like oh i know you're just like a turncoat and then that way they do that so that way they can really see That's who's like, really down for them, the you know crew, like seeing in that. a way Maybe. like if i said or not me personally but like you know obviously kanye's like i'm gonna say some racist stuff if you're still down with me you'll still be here and if you aren't then you're going to distance yourself mm -hmm. as much as possible. It's just yeah. a wild move to make. It's just interesting. What an interesting saga, yeah. right, guys? Mm -hmm. Anyways, <laughs> enough about that. I want to hear about Avery. Avery's so cool. Yeah. I like your style. He came in with the killer pants. I'm like, well, let's find out more about this guy. So um, what do you like to do? You know? Yeah, I mean, I love photography. That's kind of become my whole life. Um, went to school for graphic design, you know, BFA, fine arts, and um, was lucky that when I was in college, uh, my best friend that I met, he was doing photography. So we started going out in our free time and we would go do like urban exploration, kind of go explore abandoned buildings around Ooh. the Bay Area, hey. sneak into Yay. rooftops. Um, and that was kind of the intro to photography and through that, I met a lot of like now my closest friends, like in different states. Um, one of my best friends, uh, shout out Taylor Appleseed. <laughs> shout out Taylor. He, um, when I was in college one day, just sitting in class, like me and my buddy were not paying attention during design class and looking at Instagram and this page that like reposted people doing crazy rooftop, you know, stuff. He swung off of a building wow. in Nashville. That's crazy. Um, like set up. He, um, he used to own a tree preservation company. So he has all like the rigging equipment mm. to like- <laughs> To do it. To do crazy shit. Um, so he set up like multiple cameras and different angles and essentially just swung off like a crane off a building. Crazy. And I remember seeing that and I was like, I gotta meet this kid. I was yeah. like, I feel like we would get along really well. And like just started chatting on Instagram then he came out to LA one time. We went and shot um, some photos of like the Milky Way in Malibu. Nice. And since then, we've gone on like a bunch of road trips together. Nice. I've gone and stayed with him in Nashville a bunch of times. He's come and stayed with me in LA. 
Um, he even came to Thanksgiving one year with my family. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's really dope. I consider him like family, but nice. yeah. So just like through doing all that was able to just kind of create like a little network of like unique different people in different places so that when I'm traveling, it's like, oh, like I know I got you here. Hey. I got you here. Like I can stay with you. We go do cool, different, you know, out of the norm stuff. And yeah, that's pretty dope. So that's like a creative partner, essentially. Yeah. Who's like uh, down for the cause. Yeah. Like really just like, have you done any uh, international like photography trips? Or yeah. Plans so to- um, in 2018, I was working at um, an ad agency mm-hmm. um, and saved up a bunch of vacation time. They're actually a really like philanthropical company. So they would give uh, all their employees like a thousand dollars to donate to any nonprofit cool. every year. Nice. Uh, so I donated my money to this nonprofit in LA called Go Campaign. Mm-hmm. Shout out Go Campaign. They do great shit. Um, they um, they support a bunch of different nonprofits in third world countries that are like specifically geared towards orphans and mm-hmm. vulnerable children. So went and met with the founder and was like, I want to go teach photography somewhere. Cool. Where can I do that? He found this school in Kenya for me to go and teach at. So in 2018, I went to Kenya for two weeks and um, by myself, stayed at a little hotel outside of, I taught in the slums uh, Mm. specifically. So it's uh, the slum outside Nairobi is uh, Kibera. It's the largest modern slum in Africa. And uh, taught at an all girls high school, Kibera girls soccer academy and ended up teaching like a select group of like five to six highly motivated students who really wanted to learn like how to do photography from total scratch to just like straight into like you know normal you know you get your basic dslr cameras they have the little mountain mode Mm. the little i was like no we're we're shooting manual photography like straight into it this is what shutter speed is what aperture is you know this is how we control what our photos look like and yeah just ended up teaching like five to six girls how to do photography had to start totally from scratch like this is how we put the memory card in the camera this is how we put the battery in the camera this is how we pop the memory card out you know this is how we focus this is how we zoom and we would go out on photo walks around the slums and take photos and for them that's like their everyday Mm -hmm. all they know is normal where for me i'm like coming from west l.a all the um, privilege like mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like, this is like, you're like popped right into Nat Geo and you're just like, mm-hmm. boom. Mm-hmm. Like, Damn. So they were very much not really as excited about it mm-hmm. as I was there. Like, this is every day mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we gotta like take pictures just so we can get better, you know? Mm-hmm. And I would take pictures, you know, with them just to try to show them like, you know, look, just this is really cool looking, whether it's cool looking to you or yeah, not, yeah. like, trust me, it's gonna help you in the long run. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we'd go on photo walks, take pictures, which that was like a really unique experience because I'm like a white guy walking around the slums. Mm-hmm. Um, and then never felt like I was in danger, but having cameras yeah. in my hand and then I, oh, so I used the money to donate from my company, donated to nonprofit. They gave it back to me. I bought cameras for the girls. So nice. flew the cameras out there, oh, left wow. them with them. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so they were able to like have something to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's really tight. Mm-hmm. How long yeah. were you there for? Yeah, so the first time I went for two weeks, like 15 days or so. Um, every day would just go in the slums, have like an hour or two, kind of 
at first spending a bit like in the classroom teaching them and then we'd go out on walks and there'd always be people from the school like security guards you know kind of in the front and the back just i feel like more so for my protection uh, than theirs yeah. to make sure nobody was going to come and mess with us yeah but yeah like i definitely had to be cautious of like couldn't just be taking pictures of everything yeah you know? be running around yeah. with the camera like, like hey, you know? yeah. so a lot of kids like to be photographed which was you know easy because mm -hmm. they see a camera they see a white guy and they're like oh wow like mm -hmm. um call you mazungu is mm -hmm. like the term for a white guy out there so mm -hmm. every day walking around the slums it's just like mazungu mazungu <laughs> it's like hi like yep that's me but yeah it was um definitely one of the most like rewarding experiences mm -hmm. of my life teaching those kids wow. and then went back again in 2020 um did a safari with my mom for Ooh, two mm, weeks nice. and then she left i stayed taught photography again to the same girls because they were seniors nice. in high school then so taught them again basically did the same thing except now we were just kind of able to go on photo walks every day just take pictures okay. kind of hone in those you know little skills, skills and mm -hmm. we'd gotten them some mac um computers yeah. donated so i would spend some time like teaching them how to use photoshop oh, and nice. edit photos and yeah it was um it's definitely a very unique situation yeah <laughs> it's pretty fun super rewarding and then um yeah i feel like it came at like a cost too like when i came back like life was really the first time i had like reverse culture shock mm. like coming back and being like oh my god like i'm like straight back into an ad agency yeah. Yeah. i was spending every day just like teaching these super mm. intelligent girls that were so motivated come from like the hardest situations possible but are so happy so like happy-go-lucky and wanting to take in as much as possible to mm. just being like Hey, edit, edit these photos yeah, yeah. like going from like a real reality to just like back to the yeah like just like rhythm just, of like out here <laughs> yeah so that was definitely uncomfortable but yeah didn't you say too that like some of the girls have gone on to different like colleges or something like that or yeah continued onward so most of them are in like because i taught just five to six girls they are um they should all be in university now if they were able to get in one of the girls stays in touch with me quite a bit she's studying photography and media in college and she'll message me on instagram and be like they're teaching us rule of thirds today hey. like, mm -hmm. i already know this i, I learned this from you and i'm That's like cool. well you better wow. be raising your hand being like <laughs> yeah i know what this is yeah, you know, yeah. Like, get them points and she's like you're so much smarter than our teacher uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not the point yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really cool take in all you can get and once you're done like let's see yeah. if we can get you out here so awesome. um yeah, yeah. What drew you to, because you were initially going into school for graphic design, mm -hmm. what ended up pulling you towards photography as opposed to like just being a hardcore designer? Or yeah. was it always something that you had No, so in? I switched majors after my freshman year because I felt super lost and was mm -hmm. like, classic high school kid, you have to go to college, mm -hmm. you know, you should know what you want to do by now. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no idea what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So my dad was a really high level businessman. So I was like, I'll go to school for business mm -hmm. and hated that. So I had learned Photoshop in middle school. So going back to my university, I talked to the graphic design major, they didn't have a photography major there. Um, so I was like, I can do this and switch to graphic design, had way more fun. College was a breeze. Um, nice. Met my best friend in college. Nice. Uh, shout out B Gwyn. Takes yeah. really cool photos on Instagram. Nice. Um, and yeah, he started 
I basically got a camera because I knew he was going out and taking photos. And I was like, I want to spend more time, you know, shooting with you mm. outside of school. So got my first camera and then basically just started off kind of doing the urban exploration mm. photography, yeah, yeah. which when I was in college and didn't have a job was super fun. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> there felt like there was no risk. So I was yeah. like, let's go sneak into these abandoned places. <laughs> yeah. um, we went to some really cool places in the Bay that are now Probably for the most part gone or really yeah. hard to get oh, into. Really? Any um, haunted places? Mm-hmm. Spooky buildings? Spooky right. buildings someone, for sure. Someone's running like down the hallway. Oh, it's like a gosh. figure and you're like, oh. Well, yeah. Blair Witch. Um, we went to an abandoned bowling alley in uh, uh-huh. Treasure Island. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's now gone. And that was pretty cool. Like I had to get in through the roof. Oh, um, And then we went to this abandoned oil factory in San Francisco that had yeah. been abandoned since like the 90s. Mm-hmm. And... When we left there, I actually ripped both my hands open no on a fence. Uh, um, and then I had to climb a second fence with uh, my hands ripped open, which was yeah. not, not fun. Not yeah. ideal. Um, yeah, so. You're like, I got green gloves next time. Yeah. <laughs> I think when we were in that place, we definitely heard some like homeless people who were living there, probably Shuffle. doing drugs. But, yeah, man. Um, Risky business, huh? A little yeah. bit. Risky depending business. where you go, yeah. Yeah. But for sure, the only like real worry doing that was our cops somehow mm. gonna like the come. boys. Yeah, the so boys. never got caught going to an abandoned place. Maybe got kicked off a rooftop or two. Mm. But um, <laughs> yeah. yes, then we would sneak into like there was a huge um, apartment complex being built near the Bay Bridge yeah. that was under construction, had cranes on it, and a bunch of kids would just sneak into it. We climbed sixty flights of stairs. It's crazy. Get to the uh, get to the you know the roof. Start taking pictures. Pretty my buddy cool. climbed into the crane, and I'm what? like, oh, no. my oh my goodness! All right, all right, buddy, relax, yeah. relax. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a bunch of these kids who we would follow and like were kind of in this community with. I mean, they'd sneak and climb up like the Golden Gate Bridge, like the oh, really? what like do you call the. the um, the cables or whatever yeah. the massive wow. cables. Walk up the cables oh and uh, the bay bridge and oh my goodness um that was definitely more like you're probably gonna get caught by the yeah. cops doing this but people do it in long beach too at that oh, bridge for, over there yeah. it's pretty wild yeah. i don't have a fear of heights but i'm definitely not about to like go on yeah. this bridge cable yeah, yeah. One climb slip. up uh, oh. yeah so that's cool yeah just kind of was like having fun in college doing that as opposed to like went to a small college so there weren't like fraternities or no like huge parties. Mm. Wasn't a big drinker in college, so I was just like, let's get stoned mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah, let's go uh, sit on the edge of a skyscraper yeah. or yeah. sneak into an old abandoned headquarters or an old you know army facility and wow. um, take yeah. flicks. So much to do up in the bay too. Yeah. So many buildings, so much yeah. history. So I feel like it's a great mm. place to like, yeah, go explore and and find those little spots. I, I wonder if like do you guys think LA has like a lot of spots like that? Not as many, I think, easily accessible it's abandoned. So spread out, right? I yeah. Don't I, mean, I don't know. You tell us. Have you been trying to do the same <laughs> thing out here? I mean, there's definitely some in LA, but I think once I came back to LA, I was kind of over it and was mm. more into just kind of shooting landscape photography, yeah. like going to national parks or went and kind of did the LA run of mm. taking all the standard Instagram photos, mm, you know, yeah. in LA that every other photographer was doing, and then. I got to the point where I was like, I'm just, I gotta do something like unique and yeah. more creative. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely rooftops in LA that, mm. you know, there's a lot of helipad rooftops mm. in downtown that oh, you can yeah. get onto. And um, went to an abandoned hospital in LA. Mm. Um, that one was kind of 
I don't know. It wasn't too like spooky, uh, but um, trying to, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty dope. What do you um? What about the process of photography tickles your fancy the most? <laughs> <laughs> I think it started off with like the exploring, mm. and I think all the fun photography I do is always at the back end. It's like exploring. Um, I did a big road trip during the pandemic when California was so shut down. I was like, I can't be here anymore. Yeah. We can't do anything. I can't go to a comedy show. I was like, I hate this. Yeah. So I geared up my SUV to live out of yeah. and uh, spent about three and a half months on the road. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did, <laughs> come to that? Like, did like you like come to that idea yourself, or other you heard of other friends like doing trips like this? Saw a YouTube or... video and you're like, <laughs> yeah. damn, I could do that. Yeah, yeah. So I always wanted to go to all the national parks, and mm. then I saw this guy made a map of the fastest way. Oh. He used some system, you know, mapping system that made like the most efficient way to go visit all mm. the national parks in one road trip. That's crazy. And it was like this is how long it will take. You know, if you're speeding through it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to follow this guy's map. Nice. So set off from, and I'd already been to some national parks. I didn't follow his map like exactly. exactly. And I ended up going to about 30-ish national parks over the course of three and a half months. Wow. That's crazy. So That's crazy. Drove from LA all the way to Maine, like eventually over time, mm -hmm. stopping at a lot of national parks on the way. And then... If I had friends in any places along the way or family, I would stay with them too. So you're like, please, I've been in my car <laughs> yeah. the last two months. Go sleep on the couch. Yeah. So at the beginning of the trip, I, it was kind of like a quick sprint to get to Nashville mm -hmm. because my friend Taylor yeah. um, lives in Nashville and he was living in his childhood home by himself. And I was like, can I come stay with you? So and it was winter time, so I was like, I'm not gonna go all the way to the East Coast right now. Like, let's wait out some time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So wait I spent about three weeks in Nashville, just kind of laying low. There's a national park in Tennessee. Um, I don't know why I can't hear it. The Great Smoky Mountains. Mm. Um, and then there's one in Kentucky that's like a cave national park. I wanna say Mammoth Caves, but yeah, I think Mammoth Caves. Um, so I went to those while I was in Nashville in that time to kind of stay on par with the idea of the trip. Yeah. And, but also, was just wanting to chill. I've been to Nashville before. It's a great city, great food. Yep. Um, my really close friend Taylor lives there. Yeah. So it was fun to be able to hang out with him for a bit. Nice. And um, yeah, that was kind of when I started. I had just been newly-ish single again. So uh, like, yeah. oh, let's start Back on the road. Yeah. <laughs> road dog. So my friend Taylor's the uh, the king of first dates. Uh. <laughs> He's really good on just going on first dates. <laughs> <laughs> Not not a lot of second dates. No. Sophomore so, slump. Yeah. No sophomore. He, um, he kind of taught me his ways. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I handed him my dating profile and he, you know. Tweaked it tweaked, up. Tweaked it for yeah. me. Told me how to message the girls. Yeah. He's like, straight to the point. Yeah. Like, Stop wasting time. It's like, hey, insert name here. Yeah. <laughs> second message. You're giving want, out the secrets. You're giving <laughs> out the secrets. Want to grab some drinks sometime. Yeah. So, no time for small talks, you know. So. He, he was not wrong, though. I mean, his yeah. messaging was like, he'd be like, you know, want to grab some drinks and go on a rooftop adventure in Nashville. Oh, Razzle dazzle. Yeah. yeah. And 98% success. He had screenshots of like 50 plus chicks all just like, yes, uh, yes. Like, no, no hesitation. So I was like, okay, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Right? I will, um, yeah. Shout out the homie. The student becomes the, you know, the teacher. So, That's uh, funny. That's yeah, funny. I started, you know, 
I was like, well, I'm gonna be here for three weeks. Like, let's have some fun. I can't just be doing, you know, <laughs> can't just be taking pictures the whole time. Nothing all the time. So that was like the intro back into dating, which was fun. Yeah. Photography, you know, it brings me back to everything. There we so, go. Um, That's true. Yeah, and then most of the time, <laughs> girls will like I have my Instagram profile mm-hmm. linked at the bottom of my uh, dating profile, mm. and half of the time, if a chick messages me back, they'll be like. Oh my God, your photos are so amazing. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Building up the fan base. That's pretty cool. It's a good marketing yeah. uh, tool to build that IG page. Get right? your uh, get the photo fan page up, yeah. you know? It's just all these like ladies. Yeah. What, what were your favorite parks out of the trip? People always ask that, and it's really hard to. Uh, it's really the ones hard that to really pick. stood out, then doesn't have to be favorite, but like so, something that was like crazy. The new parks that I'd been to that really stood out were like Acadia in Maine. One, because it's the farthest you can drive from California. And at the time I was like, California sucks. Get the (laughs) hell out of here. Um, Colorado has really cool parks. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, everybody knows the Rocky Mountain National Park is kind of like their main one near Denver. But Mm -hmm. um, their parks are in like the four corners of the state. So. Mesa Verde is a really cool mm, national park. Yeah. And then Black Canyon of the Gunnison is kind of has some Yosemite vibes. So I really enjoyed that. And on the road trip, I would just stay at free campsites. That's cool. So I would meet other people that were really like interesting and ever meet any crazy people at the campsites. So they're like, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I met. Yeah, I met some crazy people, not at campsites. Um, when I was in Colorado, in between parks, I went to this hot springs town, um, Pagosa, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in a natural hot spring just in the town and I'm hitting my vape pen, like my weed vape pen, and I'm about to get in the hot spring and this dude's in there and he's like, oh, like, is that, is that weed? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, he's like, can I, ha- can I have some? And I was like, yeah, like, let me just, you know, let me come in the spring yeah, and I'll yeah, let you hit it. Yeah. And he was a full on nomad. No ID, Dang. no phone. Um, Burned off fingerprints, you know. Off the grid. Yeah, exactly. Off the grid. He was telling me how through the power of mushrooms and crystals that he's what? traveled to uh, alternate dimensions. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I dropped some sunstones uh, in here. Like, and he's like, it's charging the springs. Yeah. And I was just Whoa. like, should I be cautious of these sunstones? Like, you know, now that I don't, right? don't want to get a sunburn, up. you know, from the sunstone. Yeah. Yeah. Am I going to uh, evolve into a different Pokemon? Right? Did you What's keep that on? thing on you? Were you ever, <laughs> <laughs> As you're traveling, did you have like, oh. yeah, any like a um, weapon or something pepper spray or... Little... oh yeah i, I think usually i would carry like a pocket knife with yeah. me not like when i was out doing some... yeah, yeah in the national parks in the hot tub yeah not... <laughs> just in case i had to water stab someone <laughs> <real quick. laughs> but um no he was he was harmless he had made he made wire wrap jewelry like really oh, intricate yeah. uh wire wrap jewelry mm. and he had some pieces available so i was like all right, I got some cash on me. That's like, tight. You definitely need this money more than I do. Support the arts. So That's bought nice. a little pendant from him. I wish I knew. I don't remember what his name was, but there's no way of finding that yeah, dude. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was full nomad. And then in Col- yeah, Colorado has the crazy. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> when I was at, I can't remember which park in Colorado, I met this dude who had a sedan and he had like ripped the top of the sedan off and built it into a... It looked like a boat Batmobile type thing. Mm. Um, 
and basically made it into like a camper car, but it was a sedan. Dang. And in the back, he had three dogs. Whoa. He had an oven, Dang. a microwave, Dang. and he had he was like fully bald with a little um, rat tail oh, on the back. Total crazy white guy oh, who's telling me. I'm gonna drive to Mar-a-Lago with this, Mar-a-Lago. and I'm gonna pitch Trump on turning my conversion car company into a business. Wow. And I was like, "Well, I gotta talk to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tell me more about your ideas, sir." <laughs> so he was actually really interesting. You can find him on Google because oh. um, he lived in South Park, Colorado, <laughs> and he was super crazy essentially lived like Patrick the star under a rock, but he had this huge property and he was doing like a memorial for his dad. And he wanted to have like a hundred or a thousand like flagpoles with us flags Mm. on his property. Mm -hmm. And then of course, like any neighborhood would, the neighbors got really mad (laughs) and uh, he got his land taken away from him. And Whoa. if you Google, I like, thought this was America. <laughs> this was America. Not today. Yeah, yeah. If you Google Flagman, uh, Flagman, Flagman, Flag South Park, Colorado, he'll come up. <laughs> and there's, um, you're gonna get an episode wow. of South Park. There's articles about him. So that's like not. It's not new though. So really? definitely interesting. Um, I was like, wow, this is. It's cool to find someone where you're like, oh, I can. I can show people this crazy man that I met. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're like, Google him. <laughs> I have some pictures of his his car. It was really fucking weird. But huh. um Interesting. Yeah, he was he was he actually had a pretty interesting life story. Like he had told me how he lived in Europe and in like Italy oh. and yeah. Who knows how truthful he was being? Because he was uh, like, you know, these these Italians, they owe me all this money. And I was like, oh, you've got a backstory. That part is true. Park County sent a squad of trucks and bulldozers oh, shortly man. after dawn on Wednesday to tear down a controversial roadside display of American flags and handmade sculptures. The display belonged to Steve Bedigan. Known by the locals as the Flagman of South Park. <laughs> the Flagman. Who intended his assortment of items as a memorial to his father. <laughs> Armed with the warrant, the crews cut down roughly 1,000 American flags and 1, then dozed the place. They loaded wood, furniture, old water heaters, and debris into dumpsters. Dang. He said, they came in with an army. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, he was very upset about his land. Yeah, taken, I bet. <laughs> I mean, That's like good. anyone would, but yeah. there was, um, remember when I was in college, there was a woman, there's always those crazy people outside of freeway mm-hmm. stops holding a bunch of signs. Like there's the the cowboy, there's some guy over here, like the cowboy of Inglewood or something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Cowboy of Inglewood. He has a different name than that. I'm definitely oh, okay. screwing that up. But there was this woman who would post up outside of the freeway exit near my college, yeah. and she was the crazy sign lady. Oh, no and way. <laughs> it turned out that she had got her house taken away Dang. because she started drawing like huge words all over her house yeah. and on the car outside. And of course the neighbors were like, oh, yeah. especially in the Bay area, they were like, yeah. no, depending yeah. upon we're, what not, uh, we're not vibing with that. Yeah. So, um, we're going to take your home and everything. Did I get warnings and stuff? I mean, it's always that? interesting when it comes down to a disturbing the peace yeah. kind of claim because yeah. it's like, you know, it's your property. It's, it is your property, but it's like, you can't also, just be writing curse words yeah. across yeah. your, you know, what's uh, your building, yeah, your building or something like that. But I mean, I think the latest one that's been really, you know, kind of 
a way to show your ideologies, but can't really like, you know, take you down as like, oh, putting like, you know, a Blue Lives Matter flag or like, mm. you know, some kind of other one. You know, I had a friend who was like, like we should put a German flag because his wife's German. He's like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little iffy. You know, the Polish people down the block aren't gonna like. <laughs> Times are sensitive. Yeah. Anything I mean, can offend anybody. It really now. is. Yeah. And if you think about like, just a couple, or I mean, since the last election, the American flag didn't stand for what it normally does either. Yeah. You know, you true. saw an American flag, you're like. Yeah. On a pandemic. truck? Yeah. yeah. No, no, man. Oh, no. American flag on your hat? Yeah. The, the truck with the American flags, a hate symbol just on its own. What, what's, um, like, because that's a pretty amazing journey. That's a long time to be out on the road. What's, what do you feel you gained from it? Like, after you came home and were like, home was just like mm. how it was before you left. Yeah. Essentially, I mean, what would you peace feel? Peace and clarity for sure. Mm. Like I had just gotten out of a eight year relationship mm. that was a bit tumultuous. Tumultuous, yeah. Mm. Say tumultuous. You know, <laughs> she might be listening, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> um and yeah. It was just it was really like you were saying earlier before we recorded, like I've been to New York, you know, I've been to main cities, but to go to these rural parts of America, mm -hmm. especially where most national parks are, is kind of obscure places. And just kind of driving through blue state, red state, blue state, red state during the pandemic where it was nice for me because I was by myself, not having to be worried about getting anybody sick on that trip. Oh yeah. To where I was like, I'm not gonna wear a mask. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. I'm in a national park outside. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was like, if you wanna wear a mask outside, power to you but yeah. like i don't think we're gonna get it outside in the sun so mm -hmm. i'm gonna you know do me and feel yeah. like i have my choices back yeah. which yeah. in california i feel like oh. they took everything away from us mm -hmm. um and i'm la born and bred so it was very much it was just jarring yeah it's hard. it was frustrating to feel like they weren't making the right decisions here mm -hmm. because you saw other places like florida which mm -hmm. not everything in florida is great but yeah. you know they were able to do whatever they wanted and mm -hmm. they didn't get much more sick than we did so um yeah i think definitely it was it was really empowering and um it just felt like it checked off one of those bucket list things in mm -hmm. my life was like let's go be a nomad for like three mm -hmm. and a half months Tight. live nice. in wow. our car go wherever we want whenever we want nobody's in control but me you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. Um, and I never encountered any like racism or anything in, you oh. know, Southern states, even in like Nashville, like Southern hospitality oh. is so alive mm -hmm. and real. I mean, my close friend Taylor, he introduced me to one of his best friends who I chatted with online for years and then finally like got to meet him. Mm. He's from Eastern Tennessee, raised super Republican, you know, mm -hmm. thick Southern accent. Shout out you, Sam. <laughs> but um, yeah, like they're the most genuine people mm. I've ever met. Him and his wife, Faith, you know, they're always oh. like, come and stay with us in Nashville, That's you dope. know. Um, and yeah, people there are just, LA is such a stubborn, stuck mm. up city of mm -hmm. people coming here mm. trying to make it or people having these attitudes like, I'm better than you. Mm -hmm. And you go that. to these other places and... It's very much like, oh, you're stuck in the snow. Like, mm -hmm. let's tow you yeah. out. Let's yeah. help you. Like in LA, people would just drive by yeah. and yeah. wave, <laughs> look, yeah. stare at you, yeah. look you up and down. Hey, what's the moving. problem here? Yeah. You know, get out of the place. Right. So, coming back to LA was 
it was cool because I'd gotten to experience so much. And then really quickly when I got back to LA, I started mm. traveling again. So I went to Puerto Rico nice. for like a week or so and stayed mm. with my friends, family out there. Which You're was like, nice. let's keep it going. Yeah. 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 Like, we can't, we can't stop this train. Nice. Um, and then I went to Hawaii for a month because nice. I wanted to go to the national parks there. Oof. And um, this whole time I'd been on like the freelancers unemployment. So oh, I was yeah. like, well, these are all Biden bucks. Like, yeah. let's spend Biden's money wisely yeah. 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 and yeah. gas and yeah. road trip and yeah. have fun. So, yeah. Um, yeah, went to Hawaii for a month. I have some friends from college who are from Hawaii. And then I island hopped to go to the, because I stayed in Oahu. We just go to Waikiki Beach every day, mm-hmm. super Stoke. touristy, but so nice. It, nice. it worked out. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I went to the Big Island to go to Volcanoes National Park, mm-hmm. which was amazing. And went to Maui to go to Haleakala National Park. So that was kind of like a strategic trip in the sense that let's go cross these parks off the list. Nice. Finish it and up. And yeah. also spend a month in Hawaii. Yeah. 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 I, I, I like, when am I going to get to do that again? I like the park hunt specifically. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, all yeah. the, the journeys have been like Kate mm. <laughs> centered so nice. around like hitting up the yeah certain parks. What, what was like your least favorite? Which one was the most disappointing where you're like, ah, oh, dang, I can't believe I just went like 12 mm-hmm. hours out the way to get here. <laughs> so I think there was probably two parks that were the most disappointing. For sure, the worst park was South Carolina, Congaree Ooh. National Park. I'm what? sorry, but your park is trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's not a lot to do there. Mm. But you can legally sleep in their parking lot, which is cool. <laughs> which is pretty sweet. Most national parks besides that do not let you do that. Oh. But I still did it anyways a lot of the time. Just hoped no park rangers come and kick me out. Yeah. Um, trying to think besides Congaree, which park was disappointing um that's t- i don't think i don't think many of them were well okay um in florida so i went to the everglades and uh-huh. then i went to um i can't even think of the national park now because it's so disappointing whichever <laughs> one is there's the everglades dry tortugas which i didn't go to because it's an island off the keys that they only have like a plane and a boat that takes you there and people book all that up like a year in advance. Oh, it was not scheduled accordingly. Yeah. Mm. Um, but whatever the third national park is there, which is mm. also 90% water, mm. um, is not that cool. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, got a little base, you know, area that you can go to. And then I took a boat trip over to this little island, did some time lapses there. Yeah. And, and that was that. The cool thing actually about that national park was they have animals there that are not i can't think of the right terminology but that aren't from there that just mm. end up there invasive like, oh, species yeah, yeah. yeah the park ranger was like you can kill that iguana wow. oh, like, just... i've never heard a park ranger say you can kill that animal yeah. in this national park With, wow my they're like please yeah. kill it yeah exactly <laughs> they're like it's fucking it up like <laughs> so, it's pretty wild um yeah most of the national parks are pretty cool especially like we we're talking about the dakotas mm. the dakotas were super cool um Badlands National Park. Did you see Mount Rushmore? I did see Mount Rushmore. What'd you think? Um, it... You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's president's heads. It's a lot smaller with your eyes I'm when you're looking you. at it. Yeah. Did you, you went to it? Yeah, yeah, just last year. I was just like, yeah. yeah. Someone was like, I didn't even know that was a real place. Like, really? really? I was like, yeah, <laughs> it exists. It's not that it's, you would imagine it would be much bigger. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Well, it's grand. Yeah, it's grand, but it's just far away. So, yeah, like oh, the photos that you see of it are people using a telephoto lens. I see. Yeah. So I was using a telephoto lens to shoot there. So you're like, 
And the whole trip of my, the whole point of my trip was to do a time lapse film. So mm. I'd go and shoot time lapses in all the national parks. Oh. So of course I was shooting time lapses at Mount Rushmore, and I wanted to get like a day to night one because then the lights come on and mm. as it gets yeah. dark. And these people came up to me and they're like, "What happens when the lights come on?" And I was yeah. like, "It becomes lit." Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. What happens when you turn lights on? I was like, yeah, I, yeah. "I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure nothing, not, not much is going to change. Yeah. You know? they're, they're all good. They're yeah. concerned. Fireworks out of their eyes. Right. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, every night, like Disneyland, yeah. they shoot yeah. the fireworks. So, so you're like shooting a time lapse over like this period of time at yeah. Mount Rushmore. How's that? Yeah. Mill. hours and hours right just, uh, yeah. just depends like the time lapses i shoot if it was during the day like maybe 30 minutes or so mm. anywhere from like yeah 30 minute time lapse to two hours plus or an overnight time lapse where i just set up my camera outside my car at night go back in my car fall asleep wake up every like hour check to see if the red light is still mm. clicking yeah. out there okay nobody stole my camera yeah cool <laughs> but yeah so, so. Uh, as far as when you were shooting on the road, was that really inspiring? Were you like, wow, like was it all the time where you seeing things that you wanted to capture? Yeah. Or was it like still just a lot about catching your rhythm in the adventure? Yeah, I think a solid mix of both. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely like I have all these spots I want to go to and shoot and let's kind of find a balance of like making this worthwhile of like having fun and enjoying my time while also like feeling like I can't waste time and I want to capture all these mm -hmm. different things. So it'd be like kind of driving from spot to spot, mm -hmm. hiking if I had to, but so many national parks, it's like pull up, boom, there's a spot. So it's like, but I didn't have to hike. Yeah. Well, I'm going to hike, yeah. especially with like 25 pounds of camera gear. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think because time lapsing is like, you just set it up and then, you can chill. So mm. it's like set up the camera, boom. Now I'm yeah. just here looking at this view for 30 Sucking minutes, two hours. I'm just like, eat some food, enjoy, like listen to a podcast, relax, like mm. take it in. Nice. Um, so it's cool. definitely, yeah, finding that balance. That's pretty dope. Do you, um, as far as photography goes, is there anything that you would like to accomplish with it? Or is there anything in particular about it that like you would like to reach or you know i guess aspirations as far as doing it or is it just like a love a deep passion yeah i mean definitely i have some goals that i would like that are lofty you know it would be really cool to work for nat geo one right. day um the photos that i took in africa are kind of the most nat geo-y photography that i've done just kind of putting yourself in a really unique situation and um I love those photos. Like, I think those photos could be a book and make that, you know? They're great. But, you guys um, have to see it after. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think also I've always worked commercially doing product photography. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I know Savannah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we work together. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, rewarding in its own sense. And it's cool to create like high level commercial work and mm -hmm. to get paid for it yeah. and to get good benefits. But you know, it would be hard to say that that's as like mm. rewarding as, you know, teaching photography in Africa to, you know, these kids that have no opportunity, you know, mm. not no opportunity, but like yeah, to get similar. that opportunity, like they were so grateful for, and I was equally as grateful mm. to get to give them that opportunity. Mm. Um, so 
definitely i want to start a nonprofit um mm. that gets like photography into the hands mm. of kids that would never get the opportunity to do it because it's of so... like financial mm. you know cameras are not cheap yeah um so definitely in like the coming years i want to start a nonprofit that mm. you know gets like whether it's like new cameras from companies or people donating you know use camera equipment mm. and then somehow creating kind of like a system of mm -hmm. people in different places yeah. to be able to teach and yeah volunteer i mean that's kind of why i went and did the like i spent all my own money in africa to yeah. go and i wasn't paid for it mm. the first time i was on paid vacation from work which kind of like covered it up yeah, yeah covered most it. of the yeah. trip yeah. and was able to like the nonprofit was nice enough to be like yeah you donate this money to us we'll give it back to you in a check nice. and you can buy this camera equipment mm -hmm. so cool. and um the second time i went to africa i was getting ready well, I was the second time I went to Africa, I planned that trip while I was in Europe for two months. Mm. And um, I had just quit my first agency job. And before I quit that, I had like this money left to donate. So I was like, I was like, I got to donate this, but I want it to be useful to me yeah, <laughs> yeah. when I want to use it. So I hit up the nonprofit and I was like, hey, if I donate this, you know, that time I just donated them a portion of like $800 to you guys. Will you hold on to it? Mm -hmm. And then when I'm ready, will you give it back to me? Mm -hmm. And I'll use it for a flight mm -hmm. to fly myself back to Africa mm -hmm. and I'll volunteer my time. That's and cool. They were like, yeah. That's cool. And I was like, oh, amazing. Wow. Nice. So, yeah. second time I flew to Africa for free, paid for my hotel. My mom came with. We did a two week safari prior, which hey. was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then she left. She came and uh, checked out the school one day, which was. Like we would ride these motorcycles every day into the, I would ride up on the back of a motorcycle mm. every day to the school. They're called Boda Boda mm -hmm. drivers. And Dennis, my loyal Boda Boda driver, both trips there, safest Boda Boda driver in all of Kenya, <laughs> as I've been told, um, would pick me up every day and drop me off. Super chill guy. Um, so I was like, mom, you gotta go on a ride. You gotta ride on a Boda <laughs> Boda and come check out the school. and. Mm -hmm. She was like, okay. So she met the girls that I taught, which was amazing. That's cool. And um, yeah, it's funny. The first time I went, the guy who ran the nonprofit, he was there uh, in Kenya while I was there checking up on some of his like different things that he supports. Yeah. And uh, he was like, how are you getting to school every day? And I was like, oh, I take a boda boda every day. And he was yeah. like, he was like, no. <laughs> he was like, that's the most dangerous thing oh you can goodness. do. He was like. He's like, you visit the hospitals in Kenya and they're just riddled with boda boda injuries <laughs> oh of goodness. like women with missing limbs. And because you would literally see a pregnant woman on the back of a boda boda with a baby in her uh, hands yeah. and then a little kid holding onto the back of her in the back. Jeez. And the traffic there is so gnarly. Like the traffic, but the way people drive. And yeah. Through the slums. There's no rules. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. rules. So like the bodas are weaving wow. and. Um, yeah, but it was the most efficient way because the mm -hmm. slum streets are so compact and then leaving at night would be super trafficy. So mm -hmm. Boda would just zip in. Hey, yeah. that's crazy. Boda Boda, shout out. Yeah, shout out Dennis. Yeah. So doing <laughs> more man. work along with that, like is more purposeful for you and something that ideally you would yeah. like to. Yeah, that's why continue. I want to like Irene, one of the, my best student when I was in Kenya. Um, she still always hits me up and she's, the one who's studying photography in college and um i want to get her out to the u.s like mm. full-time would be the best mm. obviously um or like at least for like a good amount of time just to give her that opportunity mm -hmm. um 
awesome. Yeah. She specifically, she grew up in the slums, but her parents lived in like Western Kenya, I mm. want to say. And when she was young, they were just like, you're going to have a better opportunity at life if we send you over there. So she like hasn't seen her parents probably in like a decade plus. Mm. And also was sent basically from rural Kenya to then live in the slums, mm. which in my mind is like, feels like I get it because then she got opportunity at schooling and yeah. it's all worked mm-hmm. out. But like so much bad can happen in the slums mm-hmm. that it's, um, yeah. yeah. But she's uh, she's a super smart kid. So That's dope. she'll do well regardless. Wow. So would like a, a dream opportunity if like Nat Geo was just like, hey, like we will pay you to go fly around the world and shoot shit. Yes. Yeah. Sign, sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think with Nat Geo, you kind of have to start off assisting one of their current mm-hmm. photographers, which yeah. I would hop on that opportunity in a second. Uh-huh. But I have met some Nat Geo photographers, and it sounds really fun, mm. but it's rough. They're not necessarily paid like as much as you would think working for Nat Geo. Like I'm sure they make good money. Yeah. But they're not making like millions of dollars. Yeah. And then the ones who are going to really bold places, like almost die yeah. you know every other mm. trip yeah it kind of reminds me of uh, what is that movie the secret life of walter mitty mm-hmm. where he's following sean penn who's like a nat geo like photographer but it's like they they pay for you to get to places mm-hmm. but what lands in your pocket is probably just enough to survive mm-hmm. you know it's the arrangement of like flights and bookings and things to get to you know mount everest or to get yeah. to like you know a remote location in Antarctica or the Galapagos or things like that, mm-hmm. but I, I do like I do like your idea about starting your own nonprofit though because that's a way for you to kind of fill those needs of photography on your terms and then also get kind of donations from different organizations because there's so many people who are you know um, looking to liaison more art exposure mm. um, to those who are. Uh, in kind of you know impoverished situations mm-hmm. and then also like you know culturally and kind of you know from other uh, companies and stuff like that yeah. i think that's like a good way to weave in like your both your passion plus your your kind of um need and want to you know fulfill a greater cause mm-hmm. right because yeah. that's that's kind of what like uh like i was thinking when you were saying you came back to the ad agency and you're like oh just do this you're like but why? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But like teaching these kids and really having them be awe inspired and like look up to you, be like, um, seeing that you're better than their teachers, it's like, you know, that's it's like pretty cool. Life fulfillment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think we always have this hole that we're trying to fill with like a purpose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, giving to people who are, you know, not as well off to us is you know, just a great um kind of facet to do that. Yeah. yeah. Great gift to give. Yeah. Speaking of life fulfillment and I was gonna say holes, but that's, that's not a good that's not <laughs> feeling, a, feeling that's, holes. That's, the transition Ooh. was gonna be smoother. I did want to talk about something you, you are passionate about or care about is mental health, am I right? Oh. Yeah. And um I think it'd be cool to kind of round off the pod with yeah. the discussion about yeah. that. Is there anything else that you would like to share about your photography journeys? Yeah, well mm. before we segue, I just wanna also mention the the guy who runs the school in um, Kabira, Richard mm-hmm. Tekka, he mm-hmm. does amazing work. They're mm-hmm. supported through a foundation, Kabira Girls Kabira Girls Soccer Foundation mm-hmm. in San Diego and then through Go Campaign in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Richard Tekka, who runs the school, he does amazing work. Mm. He could have had so many times left to go and, mm. you know, had opportunities to live here in the States, but mm -hmm. he's stayed to help give these girls a better opportunity at mm -hmm. life. And um, I recently found out even like the student Irene who I taught, he's helping her pay for the housing oh. that she's living oh, wow. in while she's in university. And awesome. he's just like one of the most giving people I've ever met. And mm. he doesn't come from a lot of money mm. and opportunity. And now he has like his own soccer teams out there that he's started that are working their way up the professional ladder. Nice. Um, so he's a very awe-inspiring person so mm. yeah mental we'll health those. we'll get those links from <laughs> you yeah, and we can sure, put yeah. them in the, the description too but yeah it seems like uh this year has been a year that everyone is like really working on themselves i think since the pandemic everyone's been doing so but i've just been hearing a lot of conversations and it seems like society almost is like kind of hitting a point together of like this i don't know like like getting over this hump you know that was like just i don't know the of pandemic like the i don't pandemic. know what it is like so here let me let me take a a swing at this it's from what I, I i feel of like society is that for like two years you're kind of like in this hole and you didn't have to socialize right but then as things open up you have these wave of people who want to socialize more and some people who just aren't reacclimated to society so you kind of have like this push and pull of people who um you know liked being kind of isolated not having to deal with people socially but as you know you're forced to be social as people are going back into the office and things like that you have this friction of like of not being up to speed you know let's face it like socializing is a muscle and if it's atrophied over these past years you're not you, you can't just pick up and run a marathon you know you can't just like you know be able to socialize with so many people if you don't have the bandwidth or the battery to kind of be mm -hmm. uh, nuanced to deal with these things so then i think what it makes people realize is like oh i gotta be better mm. you know i gotta i gotta i gotta think about like what am i reacting to this you know is that like me is that my mm. my like like, uh, is my mental health in check? Mm. You know, are these other people, you know, it's just, and it's just kind of really being sensitive to that notion mm. because let's face it, like almost everyone has a therapist these days. Mm -hmm. And it's great that it is part of the conversation. Yeah. Because 10, 15 years ago, you don't have that. Mm -hmm. But let's face it, we all kind of have some baggage from the past couple of years oh, that we need sure. to like yeah. really like let up pretty so, interesting yeah just yeah. re-engaging with society and then you see like a lot of the people who were doing the soul searching during the pandemic times now you're kind of like meeting these people in person and having those kind of conversations mm, yeah. and it's just becoming more i'm like oh that's what you're uh, maybe uh, and you seem like you're doing and then the people who have kind of given that aspect of their lives that attention within that time frame are I can't speak for universally, but it it seems like the benefits have mm. been made clear to mm -hmm. them. And so then now it's like uh, more people are advocates. Mm -hmm. And I would say I'm also an advocate because mm -hmm. it is helpful because, you know, it's I think uh, we're all so much more connected than we mm -hmm. even believe because we're all going through this really intense experience that is life, yeah. but not talking about the real shit with anybody yeah. so then it's like when you understand or re can relate to mm -hmm. others when it's like oh you freak out about 
a lot of the same things or you're like are stressed mm-hmm. or like you feel no. the intensities of life like as yes. i do then and you're doing this to kind of get yourself in a better position oh. mentally then maybe that's something i can like do for yeah. myself most definitely uh, what was your perspective on yeah that? so um after the freelancers unemployment ran out mm-hmm. and <laughs> to get my <laughs> together. the water dried up yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you biden yeah you supported me for a while <laughs> um i got a job working for this company chemical guys and oh. at first it was cool you know i was doing all their photography photo editing mm-hmm. and then really quickly i was like i hate this it's super toxic mm-hmm. um a lot of the people are terrible people. There's mm-hmm. some really good people there and they know who they are if they're listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the bad ones, you guys suck. <laughs> really poorly run from the top down. And um, yeah, so I had worked there a year and then I quit, but I went on a medical leave um, in the end of October. Um, for like mental health, stress, anxiety, mm-hmm. um, shit just started hitting the fan Dang. and I was just like, I can't be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, just had like a rough, like, I don't even know if it was a panic attack. One night I was just like feeling really shitty. And then for the oh. next few days started feeling like suicidal oh. and just like had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I went to my parents for help and then really quickly things got worse because we like went to get help and. At the time I was on Kaiser insurance, mm-hmm. um, went to the ER and then they were basically like, you know, we recommend you go check into a facility. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And without like having any idea where I was going to be sent, like the next morning was like carted off, like suicide style where it's like, Dang. they, you know, it's intense. they tie you down mm-hmm. to a, whatever it's called, you know, a, a gurney. Yeah. And, um, take you into a ambulance and got without even knowing where it's going got shipped off to this psych ward um, in uh cerritos cerritos Mm -hmm. college hospital it's a terrible facility don't send your family there (laughs) (laughs) um one day into there i was like oh i'm in a prison like um it was really bad you know couldn't eat um was in a room with like at first, one other guy who was like handicapped, they wouldn't show him how to use a wheelchair. Oh. He like defecated himself one day in the bed oh, and they like just left him there for hours. Wow. They were like, you need to go back in the room. And I was like, yeah, but you need to change this guy. Like, yeah. He's literally laying in this bed like yeah. in the worst. And I was like, just the way I saw people getting treated and then like people would come, you know, and ask you for your food. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm in a prison. Like, wow. you know, they Dang, take away cool. all your, you know, laces and, mm-hmm. you know, everything from your clothing, you know, because you might kill yourself with mm-hmm. it. And then really quickly, it was like, because I was there voluntarily. Yeah. But really quickly mm-hmm. realized, like, they're not going to let me leave. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so one flew over uh, mm-hmm. event got lucky that like basically spent 36 hours there and got transported to a voluntary only uh, facility because the place I was at was like a mix of mm, most yeah. people were 52 or 5150 where mm. you 72 That's, hour yeah, hold which is not what I got mm. um, and they were like you're in like the highest functioning ward like if we move you to a different center like it's only going to be worse and wow. I was like oh well, what? That's crazy. Well, yeah. I was like, well definitely we're not doing that yeah. and like I was definitely like the most sane person there mm. you know and I was just like this is not 
where I'm going to get better. Like yeah. talked to a psychiatrist for three minutes and he was like, I'm putting you on these meds. Wow. You'll, oh, you know, no you'll be good. What an experience. Yeah. Realized like at, way after the fact that one of the meds they put me on was like an antipsychotic mm -hmm. at like a really low dosage. But I was like, oh, they're just like, this will knock you out. Like you just can be a zombie. And I was yeah. like, was like oh my god like if i stay here i'm just gonna be a zombie for the rest of my life and i'm never gonna leave mm. so i was like calling my parents and i was like you have to get me out of here yeah and like they worked tooth and nail to get me out of there like the facility did not want to let me leave which wow. very much felt like they're just oh, like an wow. insurance yeah. scam uh, driven mm -hmm. like you know we need to keep you here so we can stay open and get our money and, and say so we have this many candidates oh, to get yes. whatever budget yeah. yeah so then i got moved to this place I can't remember the name of the second hospital I ended up at, but it was a voluntary only facility. Spent two days there. The like mental health workers who worked there were way like more chill, mm. nice guys, like actually had conversations with you like you were a normal person. Um, psychiatrist talked to me for like 20, 25 minutes. And was like, three. Yeah. Gave me like a little diagnosis at the time, which like changed, but second day I was like, like how much longer do you think I should stay here? And he was like, you can leave tomorrow. And I was Whoa. like, oh, cool. Yeah. So then I went to this rehab in uh, Agura Hills called Elevation Behavioral Health for mm -hmm. like just under a month mm -hmm. where like there you could see you saw like a therapist every day and you did group therapy. And there was like it was basically just like a really bougie mansion mm -hmm. in Agura that had a tennis court in the backyard, yeah. a private chef. And mm -hmm. like I was like, oh, this is a place where I can heal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, was able to have my phone and my computer you know i went and got my xbox and brought it there and had my own awesome. room with a you know, huge feel TV. some comfort yeah yeah it was like actually like this is a comfortable place where you can heal mm. um and there i met some really cool people that i still stay in touch with mm. and um yeah basically like the real takeaway i got from it was which like you always hear is like the mental health care system is broken mm. And from what I experienced, I was like, yeah, it's like beyond broken. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have money, you're never going to be able to get help mm. or you just have to lie. Because when I tried to leave the first psych ward, you know, they're like, I was like, all right, I'm going to leave against medical advice. And they yeah. ask all these questions. And then the guy just subjectively decides like, no, you're not allowed to leave. Like, wow. scary. he's like, you can stay here voluntarily. But if you tell me you don't want to stay here voluntarily, I'm going to put you on a three day hold. And I'm like, what? well, what's the difference? Yeah. Like, you're not, you're yeah. not letting me leave. And then they're like, you know, a three day hold can turn into a 14 day hold. Whoa. And then that can turn into an additional 30 so day just hold. Trap people there. Yeah. And I'm like, you're These telling are the threats, right? Yeah. I was like, so you're telling me I'm going to spend 37 days here potentially? I was like, I will die. I yeah. will wither away yeah. and die. And then you really go um, insane, right? Yeah. You know? So thank God I got out of there after oh 36 God. hours. And like really quickly after that ended up in um, like just a, a mental health rehab, mm. um, which was so helpful. Like mm. the therapist who I saw there was amazing. And now I'm doing therapy outside. Um, mm -hmm. And like over the last like, cause even when I got out of the rehab, I was still on medical leave from mm. my work. So I knew in the back of my head, like I have to go back to this job or, yeah. or I can just quit it when the time runs out. Cause mm. I'm just staying on this yeah. medical Paid leave middle. to yeah. keep my insurance, mm -hmm. you know, at a cheap rate mm -hmm. and went back for two days and I was like, Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's quit crazy. After yeah. Two days. And then yeah. really quickly, um, well, as I, I got offered my new job, so then I went and quit and 
put in two weeks notice and they were like you don't have to come back tomorrow and i was like cool like yeah, yeah. thank you yeah, do. Yeah. Like, you think you're like the power move yeah like, but you're yeah. just i was like <laughs> i feel free now yeah, i'm like you're paying me out for two weeks yeah I'm like and i already took all my files off yeah. your server i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm good to go i don't need to come back yeah would you say that that first um stay was one of the more difficult things you've ever gone through in life because yeah. you're already at such a i think well kudos to you for asking for help or vocalizing yeah. Yeah. it to anybody because mm -hmm. i feel like that's like the craziest hardest first step mm -hmm. is to just even vocalize it but i can't imagine like already feeling how you felt or being in that position and then getting put into a situation that is that intense that's like they've got someone just pooping himself in the bed and strapped yeah. in and that feels like almost like you know how much worse could it get and yeah. then you're just like oh it can get so much worse even yeah. still yeah that was um i wrote like a little blog post about that that i haven't shared but um i mean like friends and family have read it but uh worst 36 hours of my life for wow. sure wow. like they were very much like nobody ever gets transferred out of here to Whoa. another facility and i was like well i will yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like because i will die here like yeah. from I mean, I probably was like losing some weight before I went to get help because I was depressed and like uh -huh. not eating as much. But from the point of checking into the rehab after all this shit happened, I'd lost like 15 pounds Jeez. and I was like, I can't eat like I have no appetite. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, throughout all of this, basically, that kind of kickstarted. I stopped smoking weed. Mm -hmm. um, I had been just dabbing mm -hmm. for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm like five months. Um, clean off uh good job THC. Oh, thank good. you and uh nice. it feels good and mm -hmm. um i think having that like forced month of sobriety and rehab yeah. like really was a good kickstart sure. mm. um but yeah i didn't drink during that whole month mm -hmm. either and then like when i first got out i like drank a few times and i was like oh this is like making me stressed out like yeah. i don't like this but i think at that time i still had the work like that i was like i know i have to go back to this job and once yeah. i got that done like I was like, oh, life feels good now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so freeing, like, when you don't have to, like, be at a place that you hate. You know, it's kind of crazy yeah. how, like, you know, the things that we put up with, with, you know, certain companies. Yeah. And you just feel like you don't really have too much of a choice sometimes because it's your paycheck. You got bills, yeah. you know. It's like, you know, sometimes it's you don't know if you're going to land in another job that's going to be better or worse. Yeah. So there's, like, all these things. But when you finally can you know, make that decision and just take that jump. It's just like the the craziest weight lifted off your shoulders mm -hmm. and you're just like, I can breathe again. <laughs> like, yeah. it's yeah. crazy that I was like dealing with this thing for so long or stuck, you yeah. know. Or even outside of work too, just like relationship wise or in just any type of commitment yeah. in life that makes you feel out of place or makes you feel not like yourself where yeah. you just feel like, like, am I ever gonna get the old me back? <laughs> yeah. 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 Turns yeah. out you do. He'll be it'll be fine. There. Just yeah. gotta do start making decisions for yourself and taking care of yourself. And yeah. that mental health's important, man. Yeah. It's very important. I think um yeah, just being able to communicate and like it, it's tough too because there are a lot of people who need therapy and their experience with finding a therapist is so negative that mm they think that it's is that just it then you know like you hear there's so much conversation around like you should find someone to talk to therapy therapy and then they i'll have talked to a lot of people who have like hey, i've tried 
you know, once or I've, you know, I tried because that first step of being that vulnerable is a lot. Like that's so, that's the most difficult decision. The most difficult steps, the first one. And so for people who have a negative experience, like imagine someone with the best intentions, who's like decides to check themselves in. And then that's the experience that they have. And it's mm-hmm. like, that would burn you off of ever seeking help ever yeah. again for mm-hmm. like the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you just end up in positions where things get worse and worse. So man, yeah, that's pretty wild to just think a lot of like just the health care systems in the u.s are pretty fucked i got like a like a bad cut on my hand and needed to Mm. get it worked out but because of like my insurance they had done some stupid shit put me on like a different like group Mm. just it was just some really dumb shit but basically a lot of places wouldn't take what i needed i had to go like an hour and a half like that way just to go to like some place i would take my and i was just like that was my first time really bumping into a healthcare you know because i'm maintain a pretty healthy whatever and so it's just like damn this place this is fucked up (laughs) what the hell when we were in spain one of our friends got uh like a crazy like anxiety attack he had to be in the hospital and he was able to walk away with like no bills paid you know it's just crazy like someone's hurt someone needs help in some way they're getting that care and then they're able to walk out but here there's so many layers like it's so complicated unnecessarily. I think we just got to face that America likes to capitalize on weakness. Mm, yep. And if you think about like mental health and like the way certain systems are in play to keep certain individuals down is like you said, it's like it, it takes a lot for you to get out of that cycle. And unless you yourself like make that huge leap, you're just kind of cyclically in this like stagnant thing you know you're like the guy who's wallowing in his own defecation in a bed Mm -hmm. they're not willing to come and change it for you Mm -hmm. you got to kind of like clean yourself up and get yourself out of that situation but that takes so much energy yeah and it takes a little like glimmer of confidence to be like hey i deserve better than what i have right now Mm -hmm. you know and i think a lot of people are starting to realize that Mm -hmm. you know just like I'm worth putting in the effort to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as more and more people realize that, quality of life goes better. Yeah. You know, you get the job that you want and you get what you deserve. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but if anyone's listening, just, you know, try. You know, yeah. worst that could happen is, you know, people say no or, you know, you're back to square one, but at least you tried. Yeah. What are some things that you've been practicing that have been helpful for you since that time? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think throughout that whole process, like I gained a much better, like method of communicating just mm-hmm. like I was like, if you ask my mom, she'd be like, Avery's just quiet. Like, mm. you know, I'll, I'll ask you a question and you're just like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, cause like I have the words to say, but I just didn't feel comfortable saying them or mm. I just didn't know how to like communicate how I was feeling. Uh. And I think like smoking for so long probably held mm. like was holding me back, like putting me in a like daze, just mm. like a cloudy haze for 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I mean, I've been doing I started doing a lot of hot yoga, mm-hmm. mm. um, talked to my therapist, you know, I w- was twice a week for a while. Now it's once a week, you know, talk to my friends more, communicate with my parents more. That's good. Um, just kind of not being so like. I think I was so miserable and thought like, oh, like I'll just go home and smoke and everything will be okay. Mm. And um, was just like 
making me into a blob that like didn't want to do anything on the weekend so yeah. it's like well i hate my job and these are my two days off like yeah. i just want to do nothing and yeah. just chill and um was definitely like being influenced by like my parents or my ex mm -hmm. at the time to quit my job like a lot and mm -hmm. i was just like i can't just quit my job like, yeah i have my apartment i have to pay for i don't want to move back with my parents mm -hmm. you know even though i can and i'm in this lease so regardless i'm gonna have to figure out how to break this lease which is gonna cost money and yeah um, and I want to be working, even if I hate it. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people do hate their jobs and mm -hmm. they still go every day. There are varying levels of, you know, there was just where I was working was just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know, racist jokes, homophobic jokes, oh, anti-Semitic jokes. Wow. The owner coming in, calling you a bitch, Whoa. telling you to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And Crazy. HR not caring. So it's like, yeah, yeah like this is just a place Hopeless. where... <laughs> you just your mental wherewithal just can get drained and like a few of my friends who still work there doing video maybe Don't i should care. maybe i should yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not the happiest yeah, yeah. it's understandable it's unfortunate you know that uh yeah. that their, their names will not be named but there's only three of them so <laughs> you can decide for yourselves <laughs> Whoa, where did Avery go? What the heck? He just vanished. Oh my gosh. No, he, he had a, a prior engagement and so we're having sorry. some technical difficulties. Yeah. So he had to, you know. Skedaddle, but skedaddle. he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. Avery, thank you so much for sharing your photography and life experience with us. And also that really gripping conversation on mental health. We appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, we hope to see you again soon. Definitely. Guys, wow, it's been our first pod in a while, but yes. it was a wonderful time, wasn't it? Didn't we all have Excellent. fun? It's been we have fun. fun there. It was too long without but seeing yeah, each other just, and yeah. talking, shooting the shit. We did this shit for like three years. Uh, you yeah. know, three it years. was it was a great long run. Yeah, obviously yeah. we need a little break for you sure. Know, you know, for but sure. a little rusty. Now we're let's, back. Let's, let's get back to it. Yep. Hit. 2023 hell yeah. yeah all right final thoughts uh, real quick we'll just make them final quick. thoughts uh finish what's on your plate yeah real. life is a buffet quit adding stuff to it mm. straight up that's some real sh yeah i was gonna say too like um for me i've been like i feel like cutting out the noise so like what you're mm. saying like finish your plate or not don't mm. add more onto mm. it you know i think uh, I get excited off of a lot of things, so it's easy for me to just want to like do so many things in yeah. life. You get, I don't know, it's just fun, like exploring, trying different things. But I think for me, I'm realizing like, Dane, all I was taking in like a lot of different things, and it was kind of distracting me, you know. So I feel like, yeah, just cutting out the noise is important, and like yeah. honing in on the things that really matter, and mm -hmm. then just like going a hundred with that. It feels like cool. I feel, yeah, just more focused and like it's nice not my mind not being everywhere you know it's like so cut out the noise excellent my final thought is go outside enjoy that sunshine oh, it's actually spring sunny the now. sun's out yeah. yay let me play this little sound effect <laughs> um we love y'all we've got another wonderful guest you know coming up pretty soon and we'll catch y'all next time on the dipped Podcast. Goodbye, people. Later. Bye bye. Adios. Bye bye. Bye.